0: Hey everybody, how you doing? It's Colt Cabana, professional wrestler and professional podcaster. You are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you are listening to Behind the Gorilla. What a week it's been.
1: So much to talk about, and so many things we can't talk about. Santa!
0: <laughs> oh. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. And uh, we're closing out our our Christmas episodes here, just a uh, couple days before Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. I got a nice uh, nice Christmas story to go through for uh, with you guys. But um, Harris, anything you want to talk about b- before we get into that?
1: Oh, geez. Okay, let me think. Let me think. There's. See, I, I think WWE has some decent storylines going on right now. Are you talking about current events? Is that the segue you were setting me up for there?
0: I. I mean, I guess. Or anything else? It-
1: the timer feels a little unnecessary because I don't have that much to talk about.
0: Yeah, me neither.
1: Everything seems to be going in a pretty good de- – like they have heal Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw now, which is exactly what he needs to be doing. Like it works really well with the character he's been trying to play for a while. Sure. Which is like you know the locker room leader, Monday Night Rollins, the guy who makes the show, goes out there every week and just busts his butt. And the fans don't like him anymore, but, you know, they work that into his character. And his whole thing is, I'm going to make this show great, and I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming along with it. And they use that to justify all of his, you know, heelish behavior. I think that works really well. The other thing they have going on, which I do not expect them to, like, bring to fruition in any meaningful way. But low-key, Mark, the Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend storyline is, like, the best thing happening in WWE right now because every person that he fights comes out different because he's right. the one who kind of broke Seth Rollins. True. And he's the one, he's fighting The Miz right now. He's also fighting Daniel Bryan. And this was, this was the only other thing I want to talk about that was genuinely great this week is Daniel Bryan came out. He shaved his beard. He shaved his hair. He looks like, you know, he did 10 years ago. It's great. And he's talking about how, you know, like the last time he had a match with The Fiend, The Fiend like incapacitated him and dragged him, you know, underneath the ring or whatever it was. And they were like, what happened? How'd you get away? Which is not usually something that you follow (laughs) up on in a wrestling angle. Right. But it's perfect because he was literally like, I I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just know that I feel different now. But I don't feel like it's a bad thing. And his whole story right now is what he's lost, what The Fiend took away from him is the Daniel Bryan brand. Like he's not coming out there in a t-shirt anymore. He's not – the WWE style, you know, sports entertainer. He's just Daniel Bryan. He's just standing there in a plain black T-shirt. And he's just different. He's just a little bit tweaked. And like every single person that The Fiend has encountered has ended up different. And they're not like they're not overdoing it. They're not over explaining it. It's just this low key thread that's running through both brands right now. And it's super, super interesting. Uh, the only other thing that happened this week, spoiler alert. We missed freaking Scott Steiner at what? NWA. He was on the second night of tapings. We missed uh, him. Yeah.
0: I hate everything. I know. And it's weird because we now know what happens for like the next four weeks. But I didn't I, – But like I haven't looked up the other stuff because I was like, oh, well, if I wasn't there, I don't want to know. Right. Well, it stinks. Man. I saw
1: somebody had debuted, and I thought it was from the night we saw. So I was like, wait, who was it? Was it um, – and I thought it was – what was his name, Pope.
0: Yeah, that was cool. So I was
1: like, oh yeah, let me read a little bit more about him. And then they were like, no, Scott Steiner showed up on Tuesday night. So I was really mad we missed that. And that does stink. But it, it's weird because I feel like we know you know, we were at the first night of taping, so for the next four weeks we know where the storyline's going. Yeah. And I forget how little of that they air at once on a week to week basis. Right. So like I forget what's already public information. But... I didn't
0: realize how much they don't use Cause I was watching this last episode; they cut everything short, like really short, from when the segments happened. Like all the fighting, like the, the the brawling and stuff, it was like cut immediately. Yeah. And I was like, man, they went on for a lot longer when uh, when we were there. So now really? now I'm thinking it's like, have they always done this? Because I don't know, you know.
1: And they must have like they add a lot of backstage stuff that they
0: don't. Take right. Lives, like like you, you know? with like nobody know they had yeah the empty the empty studio. Uh, yeah exactly like interviews and stuff like that yeah
1: that's so cool. it is it is really cool once you've been there to
0: also, see how it goes from you don't what know you, half, you don't TV even TV. know what half the storylines are because you can't hear the announcers or the like yeah. you said the interview some of the interviews and stuff so we're just kind of there like i don't know what's going on but yeah okay that happened multiple times okay here's the last like for example the T V title tournament
1: is ongoing, right? right. The next pay per view they're gonna have the T V title, you know, debut
0: or match. I didn't or know all the matches were six minutes and five seconds. And and I thought it was so weird when uh Dave Marquez was like uh made that announcement with one of those matches. Because remember he messed it up and then had to do it. Exactly, again. that's what I was gonna and, say. And I was like, That's very strange. And then it's like, oh, okay, so that's like the way the T V title works. Okay, that makes sense, but like we don't know that because the the right, announcer said it. they explained this on commentary. That's when their YouTube show goes on
1: the air. It's at six oh five every right. Tuesday. But we were we were in the tapings, and I remember this. We looked at each other and we we're like, "Why is it six minutes and five seconds?" <laughs> and I was we like, "We had no idea." Like this happened multiple times. Things I was would like, "No wonder." Like,
0: I was like, "No wonder he messed up the time." Like that sounds so weird to say. Like, right. Uh, yeah, that was very strange. So, but it is—it's super fun. So I'm I kind of like that now. That. So now there's still like, all right, well, I gotta watch it still because I don't know half the stuff that happened, even though we were yeah, there. Ex- exactly. And, and I, I like am—I'm
1: more excited to keep watching it going forward, knowing what we've seen and like seeing, you know, how the picture is kind of colored in. Yeah. By the commentary and the backstage interviews and stuff, it is—it's super interesting.
0: I agree. Um, so. Okay, speaking of NWA, um, so I guess a lot of stuff is happening because they aired the episode where we got a we got a new heel faction mm-hmm. running rough shot in NWA. Nick Aldis mm-hmm. has gone from kind of a tweener guy mm-hmm. to a full fledged heel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. Did they name the faction? Because we were there for four episodes, and I feel like it had a name. What was it called? <sighs> It was some. I I
1: feel like they did. I feel like I've heard the name of it. I don't
0: know what, what it was. It's
1: something like best. It, they've got jackets, right? They got the customized yeah. track jackets. Is it best? It's not best for business.
0: No. But it's something like that. It's some. Is gena- it, is it like just business or? I don't remember. I I know that I, I don't, sounds. I don't right. think the name was what was on the jacket. I think like the thing <clears throat> that they said was on the jacket, but it was mm-hmm. called something else. I don't remember now though. That's driving me nuts. I was trying to think of that this whole week. I was like, I know they named it. I think it's I don't know. It just
1: business sounds right, but that also sounds really dumb yeah, when I you know. just say it out of context. I know. I don't I don't <laughs> like who is that was. faction? Oh, it's just business. Like it doesn't work. <laughs> right. But I don't know. It's Nick Aldis, and it's the wild card and it's Camille and Yeah. We all boo her in spite of ourselves. It's really but, hard, to get but, a it's, spook but it's but it's great.
0: I'm sorry. Yep. I don't care what any, if anyone's like. Oh, they're just copied. No, no, no. Heel factions work, and say, that's why they've that's, been around for decades. Wrestling
1: 101 is like your first month of build. You have a nice champion, and then at the end of your first pay per view, you have a heel turn, and then you have a big heel faction. Like right. it's.
0: Yeah, it's timeless and, uh, for a and it's it fine. Works. Like NWA should go by the book, like by the numbers. Like yeah, they they're, they're built for that. That, Don't that I think it. that's the perfect. Yeah, exactly. Don't overthink it. They're all about simple, and you know, and so I think that's perfect. And they have the perfect group there. The wild cards are very hateable, and and, can, and I love how can, nobody knows. Sorry. My favorite part of that first show. Um, which they just aired on Tuesday my favorite part of that is the fact that none of us know the names of anyone in the wild cards so when they were <laughs> announcing all the individuals for the TV title tournament they announced whatever the guy the 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 bigger guy with the kilt his name and everyone was just like crickets and then he came through the curtain and we're like oh okay boo like yeah. we had, no, we had no idea what their name was it's like Timothy something or. I don't remember, but I, I still think don't that's know the names.
1: We called the other guy Mustache because we didn't he, know right. his name, but, I like but he's got that. a mustache.
0: Like, I like knowing the tag team, like that's because that's so not a thing a lot, mm-hmm. of, you know, nowadays. Like I like, like I still sometimes have to remind myself the names of the people in the revival because I still think of them as the revival. And it's like, oh yeah, it's Dash and and uh, Dawson or whatever. That and, is their
1: names. You got it right.
0: But I like I like that. Like I like tag team name first for for mm-hmm. these tag teams. You know, like the Rock and Roll Express, young even the Young Bucks. I mean, people know their names, but you still you know you think of the tag team, and I I like that. So so yeah. I I'm fine not remembering their names.
1: It's funny you say that. There was a moment where they were like, "Yeah, Nick Aldis, so and so had some really mean things to say about you. What did you think of that?" Nick Aldis was like, "I didn't hear it." It was the guy from Rock and Roll Express, but right. I didn't know that because I don't know the guys from Rock and Roll Express. I just oh, know they're Rock and Roll Express.
0: Come on, Harris. <laughs> come on. You just said you like it better that way. Yeah, but these guys have been around for 40 years. I haven't been around
1: for 40 years. How am I supposed to know that? Oh, come on.
0: That's anyway.
1: Amazing.
0: Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson. Ricky Morton's the, the one with the mullet. And right. And the, that was what they said. I was like, who's Ricky Morton? He's the <laughs> like, crazier I guy. I thought that
1: hadn't happened yet. I thought it was a weird tapings thing. Yeah. And we weren't supposed to know who that was or what he <laughs> said.
0: I, I did think it was funny when he's like, I didn't hear it. And I was like. Oh, that was very funny. Okay, I kind of like that though. And then he's just like, but, I'm, "I'm really busy." I'm, he's like, share. "I'm really busy, Dave." And it's like, "Well, that's fair enough. Fair enough." Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's that's good. Yeah. Anyway, so that that's going great. I mean, I I think they're doing great things. It's such a fun show to watch. I really enjoy what they're doing yeah. with uh with that. Um, AEW was good. Another good show. Uh, Jungle Boy lasted ten minutes against Chris Jericho, and they did it in probably the best way possible. Where Jericho could have beat him like nine different times, but he didn't Mm -hmm. to just keep Mm -hmm. punishing him. And then in the Mm -hmm. end, he ends up like holding on to the walls of Jericho and like toughing it out through the 10 minutes. And of course they do. Jericho's the best at like time limits running out or something and him thinking he wins because the bell rings. (laughs) That's funny every time. Like the time's ticking down. He's like he's facing away from the clock. And the time's, like, going out, and Jungle Boy holds on. It goes down to zero, so the so the ref goes, all right, time, you know, that time, ring the bell. And it's like, ding, ding, ding. And Jericho just immediately drops him and raises his arms, starts parading yeah. around. It's like, no, 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 you didn't win. But so they did it the best way, because obviously Jungle Boy hadn't even won a match yet. You know, Jericho's the champion. Even, you can't even have him just go out there and just kick out of everything. So... I think they did it the best way they could. Building up Jungle Boy, making him look like, you know, be the, the baby face underdog who, you know, all the kids can cheer for. You know, that type of character. And yeah. then Jericho looks like, an, you know, the heel champ he is who is too arrogant for his own good. You know, it, 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 I thought it told a really good story and worked, worked yeah. really well for both of them. Jericho's been outstanding at building up young talent so far. I mean, he has been so so good at that like he has been a perfect champion for the early stages of mm-hmm. aew now uh, sorry you you can keep going I was gonna change the subject so go ahead okay well i was just gonna say in fairness just to point
1: this out because it's something that I've been kind of critical of of aew and I don't watch a lot of aew so this is kind of on me but've i've gone on the record and said a couple times that their women's division. Just hasn't not, done anything great. for me yet. Yeah. And we've got this thing now where I don't know what they did with it this week, but Brandy Rhodes is a heel despite being a face in all of Cody's vignettes. Now she's a heel. Right. And she's teamed up with, you know, she's got is it Awesome Kong? It's is awesome Kong. It yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Awesome Kong. So she's, you know, she's gonna get you and they're gonna they're gonna beat everyone up. This was the first week since the Wednesday Night Wars got started, that NXT won in the ratings.
0: No, it's all not. All the way through. Is it really? What do you mean I by all the, the way through? Meeting.
1: They've won thought... a few
0: times. Have they really? Okay, yeah. well, I didn't know that. I think they it's won like, like begin... out of like the 11 weeks or whatever, I think. I, because the, it's people on some people on Twitter are keeping like tallies of it. I think it's like 8 the impression to 3. I was much more one-sided. I think it is pretty one-sided, but they've won like okay. two or three times. Oh, okay. Well, either way, though, they did win
1: this week. I can't believe I didn't notice before because I have been kind of keeping an eye on it. But they won this week with the main event of Rhea Ripley finally ending Shayna Baszler's title. Right. And I just think that's because right now the thing I'm most interested in, in in NXT, the hottest thing in NXT right now is Rhea Ripley and that women's division. So I just thought that was an interesting point. I didn't realize they'd won the ratings war one or two times before that, but... If, you know, I, I like AEW, I'm glad it's around, but I'm still waiting for that one person to emerge from their women's division. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, here we go. And like get behind them yeah. the same way we're getting behind, you know, like Luchasaurus and stuff like that. I feel like they <laughs> haven't had that breakthrough moment yet, which mm-hmm. is kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, It looks like they might have a new star with Chris Statlander. She She's made a big, big splash in AEW okay um because she like she thinks she's an alien that's her gimmick
1: oh yeah 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 I, and I it's really yeah.
0: weird but it's you that's it's fine. different and and she's yeah. good she's pretty good in, in the ring so i know she's kind of been emerging a little bit as potentially okay. so we'll you know we'll see what happens we'll with keep that. an eye on that yeah but it's i, I your hope so because their women's vision is horrible right now
1: it's just it's like brandy rose and a couple like Legacy holdovers like awesome call. Well, well,
0: one of the problems is and most a handful of, the,
1: of Japanese wrestlers who are like good, they just have no character. Like right. I just don't I don't know anything about any of them.
0: And some of the characters most people know are the worst ones, like Brandy Rhodes <laughs> and like Britt Baker. Like these are these are like the more recognizable names, but they're not very well, good. So like, I it, it does work well. I know she's retired
1: or like semi-retired or stepped away from wrestling or whatever. But at least like when they had smiley Kylie Ray on the pay-per-view, people were like, oh, yeah, it's like cocaine, Bailey. It's like (laughs) drugstore, Bailey. Yeah. At least that was something. And I kind of feel bad for her for, you know, having to perform in that shadow. But that was something. Yeah. You know, you see her and you're like, oh, okay, I get this. It'll be interesting to see how she reacts to this or to that. Like there is a character there. I just feel like there's not a lot of that right now. But that being said, I also like barely watch the show. So, you know, what do I know?
0: That's, that's fair. Um, Cody and Darby Allen teamed against the Butcher and the Blade. Man, they really did the Butcher and Blade a disservice with the way they brought him in really horribly and didn't say anything about him. And they didn't announce on the show that MJF was the one that hired him. They posted that on Twitter. <laughs> like, it was so it was so poorly handled. But now that they're, like, here, these guys are good. Like, I, I like them a lot. I, I think they're a really solid tag team. Um, and I like him, and I liked Cody and Darby teaming, and of course that just kind of—I think they're gonna f- fight again at the next pay per view. I think that's what they're building up for—a rematch between those two, which would be awesome to see again. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that's pretty good. But those are just a few AEW things. Um, all right, real quick before we get into the show, Harris, I thought it was cool because this is—we're um, we're right at the end of the decade here. I—I I saw like someone had posted a—a uh, a tweet. Uh, talking about you know your favorite moments of the decade and I thought that was kind of cool like it was like favorite debut return title win rumble match win and uh heel or face turn and I thought that was kind of cool so I was wondering if you you had some answers for those
1: okay you know I saw that tweet and I thought to myself oh I need to do that but I need to put some thought into
0: it so not right
1: now so Y'all can listen to me try to work this out live. <laughs> well, oh, I can I God. can go first then.
0: If if okay, well, give you some more time to talk about it.
1: Let's do it category by category and you talk, and then while you're talking, I'll think. Let's right. do it that
0: way. So for debut, it has to be AJ Styles. And, and again, this is WWE moments, not not wrestling moments.
1: Okay. No, that's fair.
0: Um it has to be AJ Styles. 2016 Royal Rumble. It was amazing. It's the best wrestler in the world, and finally joins the WWE. And I've never seen someone perform as well as quickly in the WWE as AJ Styles with, with no backing from the company. I don't know if I've ever seen someone do it that well. They, they put him in a good rumble spot. But after that, and then they kind of gave him that Jericho thing at the beginning, which led up to the first, that WrestleMania. But then they, they really were trying to kind of do nothing with him. Cause Vince is just the worst with anyone who's not over six four, and he still, for some reason, doesn't really know what to do with them. And also, he doesn't know anything about any wrestling that's not WWE. So AJ really had to work from, but like they didn't let him talk for the first like two months, and it was just like, what What is wrong with you guys? Like. Yes, he can talk. Like he's been, he's one of the best for decades. What's wrong? And then he was able to build all the way up in like a, like and within seven months he was WWE champion. Like it was unbelievable the how fast he was able to go through all that. But which makes sense though, because he's you know argu- arguably the best in ring worker or at least one of them in wrestling. So uh, I was just impressed with that. But for me, definitely AJ Styles debut.
1: I think I'm gonna have to echo that, and just touch on a couple things. This was—I was pretty new to wrestling at this point, not brand new. I'd been around for a minute, but I distinctly remember, like he was—he was Kenny Omega, you know, before Kenny Omega is now obviously like he is the premier. Never been to WWE, but is widely considered the best pro wrestler on the planet. That was AJ Styles, and I knew that, and I'd been around wrestling long enough. To read about the stuff he did and watch his matches in New Japan and know, okay, this is one of the great, like, not ones that got away, but like ones that have never been in WWE. So it was fascinating to get to watch his match in New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom that year and know, hey, he's coming. He's coming right now. Mm -hmm. And just see that build. And they put him, I think you're right in the sense that they didn't have any, like, immediate plans to strap the rocket to him but they knew what they had like this is i don't think so the...
0: i don't think they knew Well no what they okay
1: had. hang on let me just say this most of the debuts that we see from the indies coming to wwe are big nxt debuts that's just Right Well how yeah they yeah he's it.
0: the one who who was too he was too good to even be sent to nxt first
1: Exactly well like no matter how talented the wrestler is most of the time what they'll do is say all right Right even if you're a good wrestler we're going to put you here we're going to teach you how to work Not only a WWE style, but a WWE style in terms of which cameras to play to, how to make your entrance, like how to polish what you do so it looks good on our television. AJ Styles is one of the only people that they looked at and said, you don't need to do that. You're good enough already. Not only that, they have him debut in the Royal Rumble, which is huge. I mean, that's incredible. Like It's cool to see comebacks in the Royal Rumble. You almost never see somebody – who almost the whole crowd knows because it's yeah. you know it's a really smart crowd at the Royal Rumble. They they all knew he was coming, and then you put him in the ring almost immediately with Roman in a Reigns. one-on-one situation with Roman Reigns. Like I know you know we can say oh well they didn't they didn't know what they had and they weren't going to strap a rocket to him. They would not do that with just anybody. Sure, that sure. is they put him in a position to succeed. And even though you're right, like they clearly didn't have any long-term plans for him cuz i think the problem with wwe is it can be really easy to just tread water. Yeah. He made people care about him because he is just that dang good. Yep. And i was one of those people who said, "Okay, i know this guy's supposed to be good, but i don't, you know, i'm not super familiar with him. So let's see what he can actually do." And he's he's so good at winning people over. Whether he's a heel, he can play a heel mm-hmm. really well. But his moveset is so flashy and so exciting that when he's a good guy, you love to root for him. So I think that gave him the opportunity, and he really killed it. I think he's been a great addition to WWE. And yeah, that moment itself was just awesome. Kind of knowing it was coming, but still very surreal to see
0: live. His first like year and a half has got to be one of the best runs in the history of WWE. I mean, oh, like his, his title match with Roman Reigns was outstanding. That was one of the first times... Like he's so that that's where AJ Styles is the best. He he's Shawn Michaels in that way. Yeah. Where he absolutely. can wrestle anybody and put on, or, or Kenny Omega or anyone. Like he's he can wrestle anybody with any style, and he can right. work with any style and make it great. And say you know obviously you're a huge Roman Reigns fan. I'm not a huge Roman Reigns fan. I respect him fine and his work ethic and everything. But right. he not rooting he, for the character. he can't it. really have good matches on his own. That's partially just his character and move set. He has to have someone else in there to really play off of well, which most do. most Most wrestlers do. And AJ was perfect for that, and he made Roman Reigns look like a freaking star. And and in the process, he may you know got himself over with. I'm sure the front office huge with yeah. those title matches that they were able to have. And I think I think that was probably the turning point where he was able to then become champion like a few months later. Um and then of course after that he had that run with John Cena which was outstanding as well. Um once he won the title. And just that first year and a half is just outstanding from AJ Styles. All right. Moving on. Best return. That's not even a question. Hardy Boys, WrestleMania 33. (laughs) There are two of my favorite moments. I have two favorite moments in the history of WWE, and both of them have happened within the last four years. And one of them was the Hardy Boys returning at WrestleMania 33. Because you talk about something that was done perfectly. Everyone knew they were leaving. Their contract with, like, Ring of Honor or TNA had expired. We knew they were signing with WWE. We didn't think for a second they were going to debut them at WrestleMania. I mean, they were wrestling in indie matches the night, the before. night before. Like, there was, like, we, at, at most, we were thinking maybe there'll be the, the Raw After Mania thing. Right. No one thought but, it was going to be at WrestleMania.
1: Right. And correct me if I'm wrong. Like, the Raw After Mania, the, the general consensus among, you know, the smart marks who talk about this kind of stuff on the internet was all right, the Hardys are coming. Maybe Monday, but that's right. so early. It's probably going to be at least another month. Maybe that—that that, that was the consensus in my mind, at least.
0: Yep. And then they do the 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 swerve with the new day coming out mm-hmm. fully dressed to wrestle, mm-hmm. and then it being the heart. That was just amazing. Like I I don't pop a lot, and holy crap, I popped huge. Amazing. I agree. Are there are there any uh, what other returns happened? Don't know. Don't first care. One I
1: thought of too.
0: Don't know and don't care. Daniel Bryan? Nothing.
1: Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. But Roman kinda Raines. knew it was coming to. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I got to be there for that. Yeah, that there's been great. some
0: there's been some good ones.
1: But I think those were the differences, those were announced right. beforehand. The only other one I can think of that was a total out of left field was Batista. That same show beating the tar out of Ric Flair.
0: Oh yeah, at, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Program
1: that was a lot of fun. Not even on the same level. Right. Not even close.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. So title win. This one was kind of tough. I mm, wanted not to point, for me. Well, well no. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, because I wanted. Again, I have two of two. Of my maybe my two all time favorite WWE moments: Hardy Boys returning and Goldberg beating Brock Lesnar at Survivor oh, man, Series in 2006. That but that wasn't for the title, but he did beat Kevin Owens for it leading up to WrestleMania. So I wanted to say Goldberg winning the title again, but it was like, it's got to be CM Punk at Money in the Bank yep. 2011. I mean, that yep. was just amazing. Everything about that was so good. Such a great build. One of the best builds WWE's ever had. One of the mm-hmm. best payoffs ever. It, it was just, it was perfect, and it was awesome. So yeah. that's the, I mean, that's the I answer.
1: Think this is a hard one because... There's so many good titles. Yeah, like Daniel Bryan winning. Given.
0: I mean, there's been I was a gonna lot of great
1: ones. Bryan. The other one was Roman at SummerSlam just because yeah. I was there for that, and I was super yeah. into it. But you know, nobody else is going to say that.
0: Kofi Kingston's yeah, win was up there, too, last year. Kofi Kingston's win was cool. Yeah, for He's sure. Been a lot of cool ones. AJ Styles winning it for the first time was awesome. Like, there's uh-huh. been there's been a lot of cool ones, but it's got to be Punk. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see if we can not agree on something. Um. For Rumble match, I think Nakamura went in two years Ooh. ago. That was awesome. That was so awesome. It was a great Rumble match, and everyone and their mom thought, oh, they'll just give it to Roman again. And we were all ready for that to be annoying and boring and predictable. Then all of a sudden, Nakamura wins, and we're like, what? Yes! Nakamura AJ for the title at WrestleMania. Like, that was an awesome moment. So. There hasn't That's, been okay. there hasn't been a lot of great Rumble wins in my opinion in the past decade, so that that to me is it was my favorite. That's what I was just about to
1: say. I think the only this is the thing I can't remember any great Rumbles other than that one. That one was fun, but that doesn't pop in my mind. It's like, oh yeah, what an awesome night! I think of the ones where you know, like they booed the house down because the wrong guy won. That happens <laughs> right. way more often. Yeah, yeah, it did. I mean, in that sense, the Batista one, just because it led to WrestleMania 30. Poor like, Rey Mysterio. Oh, poor Rey Mysterio. That was, he did not yeah, deserve no that. That's a no-win situation. He didn't deserve it. Okay, the only, and the only other thing I could think of was when was the Shawn Michaels one where he was trying to run the table? Was that 2010? Does that yeah, count? Yeah, that was 2010. But he well, didn't he win. He didn't win so it. Like, I,
0: I, I was, this thing said specifically win, so that's, you know. Yeah. See, and I can't pick I, that I, one because I was dumb, dumb old Edge i guess you gotta go
1: nakamura by default i'd be willing to say edge because i think that's interesting but like nah. I, it doesn't mean that much to me personally you know right. and i can't think of another one i mean the first the women's one was cool just to have and that was the year oscar one which was really cool sure but the match itself didn't blow me away it was it, was just it kind wasn't of very meat. good
0: a lot of people were acting like it was amazing. I didn't think it was very good.
1: It's hard to do a rumble match when all of the women are like five four. It's yeah. not their fault, but it's just hard to do. I think
0: that's that's a problem way. with women's wrestling at all. Like you watch women's wrestling, and most of the time, it's just not the same. Like I I can't explain it, but it's slower. It's not as smooth. The impact's not there. I don't know what it is, but when you I watch re- women's wrestling, there's just something that's slight. But even when you watch people like Rey Mysterio or some other small people, it's not like that. But with the women, there's like this. This it's like this notch down in like intensity and quality most times. Not all the time. Sometimes they put on. Ama- We've seen plenty of matches that have been amazing, but in general, I don't know what it is, but it's just like slightly off for some reason a lot of times in the rumble be... it was
1: really off well they had never done a match like that before true either. yeah like yeah, the no, talent that's definitely is different
0: and they haven't been doing this every
1: year it's just a different sure, sure animal i think i think that's the thing i think in 20 years it's going to be incredible because there's Maybe. all these kids that are growing up watching good women's wrestling now no offense to you know the people who i'm sure worked very hard in the 90s and early 2000s but
0: yeah really yeah it's different now, that's for sure. Um, and then the other thing was heel face turn, and that's not. There's not even a, that. That's not even a question. It's 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 Champa and Gargano. Oh man! At NXT Takeover Chicago, that that that's the best heel turn we've seen in the WWE this decade, and it's led to the best storyline because of it that we've seen.
1: I'm really glad you put so much thought into this because you've remembered all of the correct ones. <laughs> <laughs> The other, one, I feel like almost all of them are NXT related too. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. give you, I'm gonna give you two runner ups, two honorable mentions. Uh, number one is I mean, gonna people be people could
0: say Seth Rollins with the Shield, but
1: yeah. yeah, okay, that is my number one. That was great. Uh, that was good. Kevin Owens was like the proto. That was pretty good. Chompet Kevin Hill Owens turn
0: in NXT. Kevin Owens and with the Jericho turn. That that, that, that was that the was, the was a good one. That was a very good one. I, I was agree. gonna
1: say Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in, in oh. NXT. That.
0: Well, First yeah, that was preview. good,
1: too. That was good, too. But oh, then, yeah, too? Kevin Owens again. Man, you're killing it out
0: here. He is. The he, he's Festival the ultimate flip-flopper. He's like the new yeah. Big Show.
1: Just for the sake of variety, I'll say Seth Rollins in The Shield, because that had a bigger impact on me, because that was, like, it was right after Daniel Bryan, and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool, but, like, he's hurt and he's out. What else is going on? And then The Shield broke up after that nuclear run they were on. And that, I mean... You're right. Champa Gargano has been the best feud in NXT and the best thing in wrestling for years. The main event scene in WWE and to a certain extent AEW now is made because of the way the Shield broke up and like what those three guys went on to do.
0: Yeah, that was a true. huge deal. True. All right. So that was fun. Um, that went pretty well. <laughs> all right. So I guess uh, there's there's nothing to talk about with David Arquette. Hadn't really been doing anything this week. A lot of stuff happened in previous weeks and stuff, so kind kind of slow on the David Arquette. I was gonna say side. we talked.
1: This segment lasted like forty minutes last week, so did. We can skip
0: it. So uh, sorry, nothing. Nothing's really up with David Arquette. He went to he went to a puppet show, a marionette show. So I saw that on Instagram. He goes to those all the time.
1: That's terrifying.
0: You talk about a dude with ridiculously eclectic taste and that is David O.K. <laughs> like it's nuts man he's into wrestling clowns uh, marionettes graffiti like it, it's crazy how, how much that dude the, the painting like the stuff that that guy's into it yeah. is unique to the nth degree which <laughs> makes it even more cool but um, alright I guess we can get into the actual show now Harris Let's oh do oh it. oh uh, another thing AEW is finally coming to Atlanta it's about freaking time stupid idiots waiting that long <laughs> until i'm probably not even gonna be here <sighs> i still ask for tickets for christmas so we'll see very nice. i hope i'll i hope i'll be there i hope so we'll see i'm still mad they took this long because i've been just sitting here doing nothing for six months yep <sighs> always the way it works anyway so thank you Ada for finally actually just going to your backyard Anywho, also, the little promo video that Cody and AEW came out with was awesome mm-hmm. for announcing that it was coming to Atlanta. It was really, really well done. So, props to them for that. So, it's only a few days away from Christmas. When you guys are listening to this, it's the eve of Christmas Eve.
1: Christmas and, Adam, I believe, is the term.
0: I yeah, yeah That's fair. That's fair. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so Christmas Adam. And I'm never saying that again. But, uh... So we've been talking Christmas, you know, Christmas and wrestling, because again, wrestling is a year-round thing, and so Christmas time comes around, they're they're still doing stuff, so that inevitably leads to Christmas-themed events. Now I could have just picked last week's NWA Into the Fire and Damian Sandow, aka Aaron Stevens, hiding behind a Christmas tree, and then James Storm's getting thrown through the Christmas tree. But Oops. we already talked about that. So we're going back even farther, Harris. Let's see. What are the things we've talked about so far? We talked about oh. Santa getting run over by Del Rio and that that, <laughs> that episode of Raw, which was awesome. Um, we've talked about Rowdy Roddy Piper playing Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. We talked about Kurt Angle beating the crap out of Santa. And then I guess he died because we never hear from him again.
1: Well, he goes back to the North Pole and trains super hard. So when he comes back, he can beat up Rio.
0: Gotcha. Right. Oh, that's fair. Didn't work out for him. But, um, all right. So we're going back even farther um, than we have, other than the Rowdy Waddy Pipe one. That was longer ago. But we're going back to 2001. This is post-Attitude Era, kind of right on the tail end. WCW is just folded earlier in the year. WWF. Has bought WCW. They did that terrible invasion angle and alliance angle, which failed miserably because they didn't commit to it. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of after that. But there's still kind of two sides to WWF. You got Vince McMahon in full Mister McMahon mode, and you have Ric Flair, who's like a co, a quote unquote co-owner of WWF at the time, and he kind of has his own thing going. So that's right. What we and are. this is. Is this the early brand split? Have they split officially no, yet? No, they that There is become? SmackDown. It's been around for a couple of years, but it's not really split yet. That happened okay, maybe the it, next year. Um, okay. Because it, I know the first brand
1: split was Vince McMahon and Ric Flair dueling draft picks. So I was just wondering where on the timeline we I were think of this that This
0: might be coming in the next few months. That makes I sense. So. Okay. All right, so this is Christmas Eve, 2001, and, um, you know, so uh, so since there's kind of the two different factions, and it's Christmas Eve, what do most companies do near the holidays, Harris? Most companies? Okay, yeah. they
1: have a holiday party, obviously.
0: Right, they have some sort of Christmas party. But again, there's kind of two uh, different mindsets right now. So we got two Christmas parties going on in this Raw. We have Vince McMahon's and Ric Flair's. Can I just say for the record before you say
1: anything about either of these parties, if I'm given a choice, I'm going to the party thrown by Ric Flair because (laughs) obviously.
0: Right, right. Um, Seems obvious, but uh, so we're in Miami for this show. I'm going to talk mostly, I'm going to talk about this whole episode of Raw. That's all we're talking about today. Right, which is rare for me. Usually, I do longer mm-hmm. things, so this worked mm-hmm. out nice. But so we're in Miami. So of course, who starts off the show but the Rock? Miami, you know, Miami's favorite son comes out in his Hurricanes jersey. This is like you know a week before the uh, the Orange Bowl or whatever Miami's playing oh, yeah. in that year. Maybe they're in the national champ. They're in the national I championship. Think they were, That's when yeah. they played Ohio State. Yeah, and lost. Yeah, um, yeah, two thousand. Because that was in uh, January of two thousand two. So, they're about to play in the national championship. He comes out with his number 94 green Miami jersey. It says The Rock on the back. (laughs) Comes out. Crowd's going nuts. You know, the ultimate crowd pleaser. And what he does is he reads The Night Before uh, Christmas. But he's changed the words to be making fun of Chris Jericho, who's the undisputed champion at the time. Mm. Which is hilarious. And he's facing him for the title – uh, tonight, on this episode of Raw. So, as he's doing that, Kurt Angle then comes out and interrupts him. And Kurt Angle's a heel at the time. But it's very weird, because this is before the You Suck chant started. So, you're hearing Kurt Angle's song, and it's going, and they're not doing anything. And you're like, wait, what? No, this isn't right. It, it feels wrong. And so, uh, that was very disappointing. That's funny. but uh, he So, he cuts a promo on Santa for some Again. reason. And he gets whatted out of the building. Like this is right when Stone Cold was in the throes of the what movement. Like he he's Ugh. wearing a t-shirt that says what on it. Like that is like his biggest thing right now is this what chant. And so of course it's happening with anybody who pauses in their promos. And mm-hmm. so he's just getting whatted out of the building. And uh he is also talking about how great Vince McMahon is. And now Vince has put him into this title match. So it's now a triple threat match. So, that happens. But now we got to go to Vince's Christmas party. Harris, it's exactly what you would expect. It's in this luxurious room, clearly like a sweet area. Um, it's got a great spread out. All the heels are there. Uh, you got the Stooges, Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe dressed up as elves standing next to Vince um like this is peak the peak Mr. McMahon character. Um Santa's there as well, but it, it's it's not really Santa. It's it's Bubba Bubba Ray Dudley and he's Bubba Claus <laughs> with with his glasses the you know the nerd taped glasses yeah, still yeah. on with with his Santa outfit. Stacy Keebler is sitting on his lap because she's with the Dudley boys at this time.
1: Mark, Is she an elf?
0: No, but she's dressed as like a Santa's helper. So you're telling me they could have had the Keebler elf on Monday Night Raw and they didn't do it? They're not that smart, Harris. To be (laughs) honest, I didn't even think of that. And that's brilliant. And I'm really mad they didn't do that How is that not the first thing you do? Oh, that's infuriating. I didn't even even think of that. That's brilliant. Oh, man. See, this is why we should be running the company. Um, yeah absolutely so she's sitting there you know looking very attractive as always and, and he asks her what she wants for Christmas well she leans over whispers in his ear and his eyes light up and he exclaims wow you have been a naughty girl um, <laughs> yeah. which, you know they, they had to have that moment um, Booker T shows up he hugs Vince and there's a great moment because then Jerry Briscoe goes in for a hug too and Booker T just like stiff arms him out of the way which is hilarious um that that made me laugh and uh vince said he has um anyway so that that happens and then vince says he has a surprise for everyone now harris what could this be you have you have you have two guesses (sighs) it's a vince christmas party he says he has a surprise for everyone
1: I'm just, I, it might just be because it's heel Mr. McMahon, but the first thing I thought of was like, he's just going to bring in strippers, right? You would be right, Harris. Yeah. Ding, ding,
0: ding. <laughs> here comes the strippers, but he calls them uh, reindeer. So he's like, here comes the, now I don't know why, because that's they're not, not even, a pun. they're not even dressed as reindeer. Like they're just dressed normal. They're not even dressed in Christmas outfits. They're just like oh, that's regular strippers. Okay. And and it's funny when there's strippers used in wrestling cuz they're so much less attractive than the females in the company. So you're kind of like, "Eh, I'd rather just I'd rather just watch Stacey Key." Okay, l-
1: let me play devil's advocate for a second though and say maybe hiring ugly women to play strippers is part of what makes Mr. McMahon like tackier.
0: That's that could be. That Well, they're not ugly, ugly, but like they're def- they're strippers, so. <laughs>
1: Um Mark with all the hot takes about women and women's wrestling on today's podcast.
0: Yeah, I know. We're going to be canceled by next week. Um that's that would be fine. Um <laughs> Okay, anyway. 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 Continue. So, uh there's a match, Rikishi wrestles Test. Test gets DQ'd. Who cares? Um now we get to see Rick Flair's party. Now Vince's party is like like I said, in this, like, large suite, very nice-looking all stuff, Flares is just crammed in the locker room. They're just, like, back in a random locker room, uh, and it's all the baby faces there. Uh, women's champ Tris Stratus is the first one seen. she walks by. A-Train and Kane and Edge are standing in, like, the corner, and A-Train is, like, swinging this bell above Kane and Edge's – above, like, Kane and Edge – and they're like intently following it, like cats. Like it looks very—I don't know why this is happening. It's very strange. <laughs> but he's like dinging this bell, and they're just like watching it. Like I don't know why. Um, they and of course they have their own Santa, but but this is not Bubba. This is Tajiri, who's there as a t- Tajiri clause. Um, now are you familiar with Tajiri, Harris? I don't think so. No. Well, he was a Japanese wrestler, kind of smaller. You did a lot of kicks. Um, think of okay. like a, uh, you know, uh, like Yoshi Tatsu. But do do you even kind, know Yoshi Tatsu? Oh, okay, well, just very stereotypical WWE Japanese wrestler right. who's kind of goofy right. and they kind of use for comedy. But he's actually right. a good wrestler. But he's they use him. He, he's pretty funny. Well, he has Tori Wilson on his lap. Because she's the face of the attractive Mm -hmm. female valets. Um, Then Flair, of course, turns around from the punch bowl. And he gives us the best woo Merry Christmas of all time. I mean, it is just classic. Ric Flair dancing, wooing, Merry Christmas, fantastic, hyping everybody up. He starts strutting, turns over to Big Show, who he breaks out into his own strut and hurts his ankle doing it. And uh, it was definitely not planned because he tries. <laughs> he tries to like play it off, like he literally. You seem like Ow, and like hold his ankle, and then just immediately like try and shake it off and act like nothing. So happened. he
1: shoot hurts his ankle doing the Rick Flair strike.
0: <laughs> it appears so.
1: That's <laughs> Big Show is such a colossal doofus. Like I
0: know he's so funny. I,
1: I almost feel bad for him, but it's like the best things he does in WWE are the funny ones, and not always on purpose.
0: It's, it's, yes, it's very true. Um, oh, that was great. So, uh, Flair turns to, to, uh, Tajiri and, like, bow, and bows to him and says he has the greatest of Santa's little helpers with him, referring, of course, to, uh, Tori Wilson. And Mm Tajiri has, like, some bells that he, like, like, jingle bells that he keeps shaking, like, wildly a bunch of times, and Tori's, like, stroking his, like, Beer, a fake beard that's on his face and that's and she calls him Tajiri Claus which is great um and then she asks if she gets a present for being good this year and he smiles and hands her a wrapped box she opens it up and you have one guess as to what's in here Harris
1: yeah I have no idea
0: the first thing you think of is definitely what it is well, no. The first thing
1: I think of, I don't think they could put on broadcast TV, really. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Tell me what it is. It,
0: it's the world's tiniest lingerie set.
1: Ah, yeah, okay. No, that
0: makes sense. Like, too. of course it is, and yeah, <laughs> and she's so happy with it, and of course he is too, and of course King is too. Who's on commentary? Oh jeez. Uh, Commenta- I'm sorry. I love. I love this Jerry Lawler. He it's so funny to me.
1: Oh, me too. But he's also just a massive tool. I just feel obligated to point out.
0: But no, you're I, right. He's a dirtbag, but he's
1: very entertaining. I
0: don't agree. I think I think that's I think he plays a character really well to where people think that maybe more. so. No, no, no. no that's what
1: true. I mean. The character of Jerry Lawler. Oh, at this oh, time oh. Well, yeah, that's definitely
0: – Well, yeah, that is true. Um, but it's fantastic. So then we go back over to A Train and he's complaining that Kane. Uh, doesn't show enough holiday spirit, so they need to dress him up. Now, Harris, this is like only a few years after the Kane character debuted, maybe like four years. Mm-hmm. And he's not the heel Kane anymore. He's a face, but he's still, you know, fully masked, doesn't really talk, you know, stoic, serious kind of monster. Right. Kane. Um right. so he so now A Train puts like an ornament on like his face and then and like hangs an ornament like on his shirt and then he puts a hat like a sand hat on him and edge Mm -hmm. sticks like bows to his face and kane's just like sitting there not moving and lawler comments that he looks like some sort of christmas creature ah that's clever which is fantastic um which I we thought never about, actually – do we need to explain that? Because we never actually did
1: that as an episode. I know. Are, I was gonna... going
0: to today, but then I found uh-huh. this one. And, okay. and the Christmas – it's like there's a lot of stuff on it, but not. Like it's all the yeah. same stuff because it wasn't around for that long. Kane in USWA in Memphis, well, he became this character before he was really anything. Um, He became this character called the Christmas Creature that was come uh, i think Jerry Lawler's son came up with like the idea and uh, made this ridiculous looking green costume with like candy stripe sleeves and mm-hmm. tinsel on it and he looked like a mutated christmas tree yeah so and he was like a big bad guy for a while
1: so what you're telling me basically is that okay we have this cute little nod to Kane's former life as a christmas creature but not only Not only did we miss out on the Keebler Elf, but we also missed out on Candy Cane? (laughs) Just put white
0: stripes on (laughs) it. It writes itself. You idiots. Didn't think about that one either. Yeah. I thought that's where we were going, and I'm so mad. Man, Harris, I'm even more angry that you didn't write any of this. Um, Man, you should have been in charge of WWF in 2001 as like an eight-year-old. Um Okay, so that happens. Now we move over to Big Show. Of course, this is Big Show with hair, um, but and not long. Ankle. Not long hair. He, he, you know, it's not like the giant, but he's got. He still has hair. So does Kurt Angle, by the way. Um, and uh, he's there's some other people over there, and and he's asked to do get, do do an impression because Big Show's a pretty good impressionist with wrestlers. So he hops up onto the. Top like onto the edge of the locker, and uh, he just absolutely nails Hulk Hogan like, just spot on Hulk Hogan impression. It's fantastic, arm motions and everything. Um, and then Deborah shows up with a platter of cookies, and everyone is not too happy with that, but they're much happier when she said when she announces that Stone Cold is on his way to uh Ric Flair's party. So that gets everyone all hyped up. Now, Deborah is the real life wife of of Stone Cold um, of Steve Austin at the moment she was the former wife of Steve McMichael I believe and did a lot of stuff in on Monday Nitro and then she ended up being married to Austin for a while so that's that's why she's there um okay so we go back to Vince's party and it still has the strippers and uh, Lawler says that's the party he wants to be at with, with all those reindeer, of course. And JR makes a comment. He's like, yeah, you're a real animal lover, King. Um, so that was that was fine. Chuck and Billy are there, which is going to oh, be an episode geez. at some point. Yep. And uh, they give each other presents. Chuck even says how the package has a B on it for Billy. And uh, they're, of course, matching headbands with, with their names on them. Oh, so that's real cute. Taz is there. He goes over to Santa Bubba, and uh, or Bubba Claus, whichever one you want to say it, and uh, he chastises him for not representing Christmas properly. Now, Bubba is sitting there. He's got a bottle of liquor in one hand and a stripper sitting on him on the other knee. So, you know, you can see where Taz is coming from here. Yeah. But But Bubba doesn't understand, and he's not too happy with those comments, saying he's a great Santa. And so they start to go at, at it a little bit, and Bubba makes a short joke, of course, and, and Taz leaves. Because WWF just loves their short jokes. Um, always have. So uh, then Howard Finkel shows up to this party, and he says he has brought, and, and Vince kind of asks him, he's like, did you get what I asked for? And he's like, of course, I brought the uh, the two finest ladies money can buy. Harris, you have one guess as to who these ladies are. Two finest ladies, money can buy I don't know the, enough about the roster
1: to say. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Ugh,
0: come on, Harris. It's it's the what? most obvious answer It's Mae Young and Fabulous Moolah.
1: <laughs> I genuinely wouldn't have thought. I was like, no, Trish is already at the other party. I don't know who
0: else. Come is on, there. Harris.
1: i forgot about them, and I should not have. That's absolutely. It's a, it's that's that's my them. fault. I'm ashamed.
0: Uh, Vince is of course horrified. <laughs> um JR makes a great comment when they come on screen JR says they live uh and, and Jerry Lawler's like they were at the first Christmas like it's <laughs> it's pretty great. Um so uh then we have another match APA loses to Chuck and Billy when after they cheat so that uh, who cares. Um RVD is backstage looking for Chris Jericho but he finds Lance Storm instead so they're going to have a have a match later. Uh, Back to Flair's party, though, Kane has given masks to A-Train and Big Show, so they're all sitting there drinking and wearing Kane masks and uh, having a great time, and they said, and Edge isn't there anymore, and they said it's because Edge couldn't handle drinking with them, like he's, they've already uh, outdrunk Edge, um, which is a nice little touch. And then uh, who shows up next? Arn Anderson shows up, and you know it's now a party. You got two horsemen here. It's it. They're in, you're in trouble now. Uh, the, you know the booze is just flowing. Everyone's got some. But then the party goes into a whole other stratosphere, Harris, because here comes Stone Cold. Yeah. Shows up, cooler in hand, and he is he's ready to go. He just starts throwing everyone beers. Starts tossing them out. Tajiri is sitting there, j- rattling, like jing- jingling the bells, and Stone Cold just like goes over, like grabs his arm, and it's just like, stop, like quit it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, oh, who are you supposed to be? And Arn's like, well, that's Tajiri Claus. Now, I don't know how Arn knows that because he just showed up like a couple well, it's seconds obvious. ago. Um, and then, and then and Stone Cold's like, Uh, Oh, of course. How stupid of me. And he's like, oh, well, I'm in the Christmas spirit. So he sits down on Tajiri's lap and he's got a list. He's got a Christmas list. And uh, Tajiri, and he goes, I got a a list, a Christmas list. And Tajiri says, what? And he's like, I got a Christmas list. And Tajiri's like, what? And they go back and forth (laughs) saying what? They're just like, what? 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 What?" Just a few times. And uh, he then calls him Tajiri, which is pretty great very Stone Cold-like, um, mm-hmm. Tajiri claws, and, uh, you know, kind of gets in real close. And so Austin Austin is like, yeah, someone take our picture. Uh, I want my picture with Santa. So that's pretty nice. But th- then he's got the list, and he reads it off. And this is his list, Harris. He asks for a case of beer, mm-hmm. and now he first says that. And now every time he reads off something, everyone there says what? And, you know, and then of course everyone in the audience, cause you know, you can hear the audience reactions during oh, all yeah. these, they all say what, like, this is just definitely, uh, definitely loud. And so, but everyone there is like gathered around all the other wrestlers and they're saying what too. it's very strange. But so he's like, I want a case of beer, a fifth of crown Royal, a shot at Booker T, more beer, a shot at the undisputed title, a brand new truck, more beer, a deer rifle, more beer and another middle finger so we can flip everyone off give me a hell yeah and everyone is all pumped up and uh he <laughs> starts passing out more beers but it's just it's just great like this is just perfect steve austin and it's fantastic this is when he was kind of like this whole year room about santa's injuries
1: and it just has this vibe of like school's just been let out and everyone's just kind of screwing around because it's Christmas time.
0: Hey, That's I'm what Harris, this reminds Harris, me of How lot. long have you been talking? Not that long. Okay, because I think like the connection went out for just a second because when it came back, oh, you were in the middle of a sentence.
1: Oh, okay. Do you what, what was the last thing you over? heard me say? You started to talk about uh, something else and I interrupted you. What was the last thing you heard me say? Or could you hear me the whole time?
0: Um, I'm not sure what you're saying. I was reading the list, Vince's list, or uh, I heard Steve you, Austin's list. I heard you finish Stone Cold's list, okay. and then I started okay. talking. Okay, so then just whatever you were talking about, just go back to that.
1: I'm just going to start it. Okay, this whole thing sort of reminds me of the Santa episode that I did where he's run over by the car and Booker T has to address the locker room. <laughs> right. And it just it just has this sense of like all of the kids when school's just been let out. And like everyone is just kind of <laughs> backstage screwing around. That's what this feels like.
0: It's yeah, it's what it looks like. That that's a, that's a very accurate description, I think. Because normally, you know, the what chant
1: is usually meant to harass somebody, either because you're stone cold and you don't like whoever's speaking, right, or because you're a crowd of wrestling fans and you're bored. Neither of those really apply in this case. It's just no. everyone having a good time, like a Christmas Carol, except it's. Stone Cold Steve Austin letting us all what him for fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this is just the best Steve Austin. Like this is like peak Stone Cold. This is like post the Attitude Era. Post his like r- really bad kind of heel turn and like when he like right in his the the sweet spot of his like comedic part, which right. he's so good at because it just fits with the character perfectly. This is the same point in time when he
1: beat the crap out of booker t in a grocery store yeah this is literally like the
0: week before that happened that literally happened the week before i think or two weeks something like that it has just happened so yes it is during that time um so that that happens that was an awesome awesome segment then there's a uh the rvd versus lance storm match rvd wins his five-star frog splash is just one of the most beautiful moves of all time It's just, it's outstanding. It's such, it's the, it might be the best high flying move ever because it's just perfect. And he's so good at it. He can literally hit anywhere, anywhere on the ring. You know how most people, when they set, they set up for their like flying maneuvers, you know, they drag the body and like the position and stuff. Mm -hmm. RVD doesn't do that. He just gets on the top rope and then just adjusts himself in midair with his five star frog splash to wherever they are. So, like, the guy will be, like, you know, in a straight line, and so he, like, will jump and, like, turn perfectly to the side and, like, hit it. Like, it's just – it's it's fantastic. And every time he hits it, it always, like, hurts him as well, like, which just sells the move even better. Mm-hmm. And so it's just – it's awesome. So that, that, that was fun to see. Um, back to Vince's party. Test is there, um, slobbering all over a stripper that's performing. Um, Great. He then sees Terry Runnels there and goes after her. Now, Terry Runnels was a Dustin's wife. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, he of course pulls out some mistletoe, holds it up and says, I'm not even kidding. Harris. He says, he says he's hard as a rock. Um, I don't know why. Uh, Subtle. I, I, yeah, very subtle. Now, you're thinking like, why in the world would they put that in there? But this is why, because she says, "Didn't the Rock beat you last week?" Um, so that, that's why they put that in there, and she shuts I'm... she shuts that approach down. Um, we then get a Maven interview, Harris. We get a Maven interview. Now, are you familiar with Maven?
1: Nope. He Again, was I know first, the name.
0: He was the first ever Tough Enough winner. Oh okay yeah Most yeah yeah. Boring person of all time. And yeah. WWF really tried to make people try and care about him. I was going to say he, Super jacked couldn't do a lot, right? Cuz he was not even super jacked. not even like super super jacked. I mean, I mean he was, but he wasn't like freaking Batista, you know, he wasn't even like that. But mm-hmm. uh no personality. Boring. Um no one cared. And it's like a long interview and it's like what are you like what's it going on? And he mentions the At some point, he mentions Booker T getting beat up by Stone Cold in the grocery store. And Booker T then shows up and he does not like what he hears. And of course, challenges him to, you know, a wrestling match. We also see in the background, Mae Young is just at the Punch Bowl getting hammered. So (laughs) we know that's leading somewhere. Great. Uh, Next up, we have the most anticipated match of the night, Harris. The eggnog match. Yes.
1: Okay, thank goodness. Between Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler. uh, Of course. See, at this point, I was about to ask, and I'm glad you brought it up. I thought we were before the point where they would make up holiday gimmick matches, and I'm glad that we're still doing that.
0: (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure they've always been doing this. Um, Well, yeah,
1: that makes more sense, but, you know, of course it would be the women in an eggnog match. Yeah. That's,
0: yeah. And, uh... You know, I, I'm pretty sure Jerry Lawler is like an, about to have a seizure when oh, this yeah. match match is announced. Uh, there's a big pool filled with eggnog next to the stage. Um, yep. You know, so Stacy comes out. Um, she, you know, she walks down to the to the pool. She sticks her fingers in the eggnog and then licks them off. And I swear, you can hear King struggling to breathe. Like he's not saying any words, you just like hear him like wheezing and JR just is like, You're you're embarrassing me. Like he literally just <laughs> says that and it's hilarious. Um now just think about this though. There's a pool filled with whatever it is to be eggnog and this was someone's job to like fill this thing up and like set mm-hmm. up mats around it and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just just think about that for a second. And you Mm -hmm. really realize how stupid professional wrestling is.
1: I choose to believe that it's not even gimmicked eggnog and they had to send some poor intern (laughs) to Walmart to buy like two shopping carts worth of eggnog and just pour them box after box into the pool.
0: (laughs) Um, That would be even better, to be honest. Um, So, uh, you know, I mean, the match happens. They're just splashing around in the eggnog. Ref of course gets pushed in, and the ref's just being the ref, like he's in eggnog and he's just moving around like a ref, just watching them go. Well, he's a professional. Good he for him. He is. Uh, of course, you know one or more of them get somewhat stripped off of their Santa's helper clothes. And man, uh, what are the odds? And they they try, you know, WWF or WWE during this time they loved the ref spot in the Divas match where the two women are cat fighting. Rolling mm-hmm. around on the ground and then mm-hmm. get tied up in the ref's legs and roll over him. They love that spot, and so they tried to do that, but it didn't work because they were in the water. So, but you could see them actively trying to do it like a couple of times. Yeah, so that was kind of funny. Um, Tori ends up getting the pin, and you know that that's fine. Um, back to Vince. Party's still going on. Uh, the Dudleys are mad that Stacy lost, but but then see this is where Harris's logic came in, and I was so happy this happened because you guys understand Harris always tries to kayfabe everything and tries to come up with the reasons why, like why someone like finishers can be just done all the time for no reason by other people as not finishers. But it's because they're not as good at doing them as the people who do them as finishers. Things like that. You're very good at overthinking those things to where they make sense. Mm-hmm. And 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 Bubba does this right here. Because Stacy lost to Tori and Bubba's not happy about it. But then he's like, Well, but it wasn't fair, because she's never had an eggnog match. <laughs> Now, and she says it should have been a Dudleyville cranberry sauce match. She's never lost one of those. And whoa, I just, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: I have several questions. I just now. sat
0: there and was like, he thinks like Harris. This is correct. all right.
1: At that point, I would have said, all right, everyone, stop the show, because I need to know everything <laughs> about how many Dudleyville cranberry matches there have been. <laughs>
0: I don't know of them. I guess that's incredible. they've only but yes. happened in Dudleyville, so no one else has seen them.
1: Ah, uh, that's fair. It was a dark match. You're absolutely right though because that is exactly how my brain works. It's not even overthinking, it's just that's what I naturally do. It's not like effort. Like right. some people will watch movies and unconsciously notice plot holes and I will unconsciously try to patch them up while I watch
0: them. Right.
1: I do that in wrestling a lot too for the same reason.
0: Right. Yeah, so that was that was that made me actively have to pause it and laugh because I was just yeah, that's thinking pretty of good. you thinking of I was like wow, that's exactly the way he thinks.
1: I'm so flattered.
0: Um All right, so Jericho now shows up to Vince and he's not happy about uh, about this triple threat match. And he of course claims a, that there's a conspiracy going on. Which you know, we've seen that a lot recently, but um, Vince starts to explain, but then Stephanie shows up, and so he just kind of shoves Jericho away. Now, a horribly acted segment takes place. I'm not really sure what's been going on, because I didn't look to too much, like, what's been happening, but uh, she's very sad, and Vince is not happy that, uh, to see her. There's some sort of bad blood going on. Between them, and uh, she's trying to like patch things up, and she gives him a present, and it's a money clip hm. with his initials on it. Okay. Talk about a lame gift. Um, and Vince does not trust her at all, and he wants to know what she's been up to, and this does not go over well with her. She just starts like crying and bubbling, and. Uh, Vince just snaps at her and slaps the gif away and tells her to get out of here. So she cries and, and leaves and, and the party continues. Again, I'm not really sure what the storyline is going on, but it's really, really, really bad. I mean, Stephanie is just the worst actor I've ever seen in this moment. Um, she tries. Now, the one, uh, the one we talked about a few weeks ago of Vince McMahon beating up Stephanie McMahon, that wasn't great either. But she was much better in that than this. This was horrible. Um, I have, okay, going back to me overthinking for a second, I
1: have my own theory on this, which is that... And bad acting? Now you're really
0: pushing it, Harris.
1: I think, no, no, no. I think Stephanie McMahon is a slightly better actor than she makes out to be, and she knows when she's supposed to be hated and is purposely a little bit worse of a performer when that's the case. When you're supposed to root for her, she can do a little bit better job. Maybe. I think she tanks her own performance in order to get keyed. Who knows? That's okay. not really kayfabe. That's just in real life. I think right, Stephanie right. McMahon is a slightly more talented performer. She acts like she's not because she knows that will make people hate her more.
0: That's interesting. That's an interesting one. That's
1: play. neither here nor there. We can keep going, but I, I think there is something to that.
0: Um, all right. So next we have another match. It's going to be Christian – He's the European champion. He comes out, trashes the Miami Hurricanes, which is uh which is fitting. Because next out, of course, is the hurricane to wrestle. <laughs> you know, of course. Hurricane was also at Flair's party. Who's Perfect. Hurricane's just the best? It's just awesome. That's one of the best characters of all time. Um big pop as a hurricane comes out. But, unfortunately, Christian wins and holds on to the European title. Um, Very prestigious title. Uh, So, now we go back to Flair's party, and Tajiri Claus is giving out presents to everyone. Taz now shows up. So, he's now been to both parties. I mean, what a freaking player right here. Well, that's smart, though. Uh, And he says that this Santa Claus is way better than the other one. And uh, Stone Cold pops up. And he doesn't really like what Taz is trying to start now, because Taz was like kind of describing how the other like how the other Santa Claus was bad and somehow Stone Cold misinterpreted it or something. So he kind of pops up and says that this Santa is bigger, tougher and stronger uh, than the other one. And every time he says one of those like adjectives, he hits to Jerry each time. Like, this one's bigger, stronger, tougher. And Mm -hmm. and each time, Mm -hmm. Tajiri's, like, wincing in pain every Mm -hmm. time he does it. Taz then says it again, uh, and that Vince thinks that his Santa is bigger, tougher, and stronger. And every time he says it, he's also hitting Tajiri with each (laughs) statement. And he's just, like, wincing in pain every time. And then uh, Stone Cold says that we need to have Santa versus Santa. Yeah, we do. And Tajiri's not too thrilled. But he's kind of being forced into this scenario. And now, this is where it's weird, Harris. On the WWE Network, it cuts at that segment. Like, it fades out. But that is not when this segment ends. And I don't know why they cut this part on the WWE Network. So, I had to find another video that that had this part that comes next. Because it's the best part of the whole thing. So... After that, he says, alright, we need the Santa vs. Santa match. Austin then says, we need to kick this party into third gear. And asks for his guitar. And Kane hands it to him. And he just goes to town playing Jingle Bells. (laughs) But Harris, he's not playing anything. He's strumming the guitar wildly. Playing no chords or anything. He's just strumming and and singing Jingle Bells. But he only does it for like a second. He sings like one verse, like barely even a verse, and then he just randomly switches to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I, I don't know why. And Does every time a- he sings a line, everyone says, what? <laughs> so it's amazing because he's That's just awesome. strumming no chords and singing, and everyone is saying, What? And Stone Cold is just singing Christmas carols. He then just randomly stops in the middle of Rudolph and says guitar solo. And then just starts wildly strumming right in front of Kane, who then also reaches out and starts strumming the guitar that Austin <laughs> is holding.
1: That's amazing. Like just
0: flicking his hand back and forth over the street. Like it's just the weirdest thing ever. And this whole thing was cut from the WWE network version. I That's don't know why.
1: That, I don't okay, know why. Does, does this is a, Does Steve Austin know how to play guitar, either the character or in real life? No. Oh, that's brilliant. That's absolutely incredible. Because I can picture this exactly in my mind's eye because I know during his heel run he would do the same thing. Like he would play guitar for Mr. McMahon. Yep. And that's amazing because he just – like he just shouts it. He just bangs on the guitar and shouts the melody and calls it music and that's a fantastic character choice
0: oh yes it is it's it's amazing and i'm so mad they cut this out i don't know why no idea maybe maybe because the only thing i can think of is maybe they can't have the songs on there even though they're singing like not even the whole songs i i don't know yeah interesting it's 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 a shame though because all i could find was a crappy quality one like on on youtube or whatever because it's, it's wonderful. It is definitely the highlight of the show. Um, so coming up next is going to be Bubba... Or coming up soon is uh, they show a little thing of Bubba Claus versus Tajiri Claus. And you mm-hmm. see them both like, you know, shadow boxing, warming up. And uh, Lawler says this would sell out a pay-per-view in the North Pole. So, you know, cool. <laughs> very apt observation there from the king. Uh, there's a match. Booker T beats Maven pretty easily. Who cares? Um, now it's time for Bubba Claus versus Tajiri Claus. They both come out announced as Claus. Like, announced as Bubba Claus and announced as Tajiri Claus with, like, their nameplates reading that as well, which is Got wonderful. Uh, the match goes on, and it will, like, periodically cut back to the two parties, like, cheering cheering each uh, each of them on. Taz then comes out, helps Tajiri, takes out Devon, Tajiri then sprays red mist in uh, Bubba's face. <laughs> now, now, Tajiri would spray g- green mist. Like, that was right. one of his things. Like, you know, the great Muda. But he sprays red mist this time, of course. Right. And then buzzsaw kicks Bubba's head off for uh, for the win. So, the good Santa wins. Now, Tajiri's buzzsaw kick is just amazing. It's one of the best kicks anyone does in wrestling. Like, it literally looks like they're he's just decapitating people. It's fantastic. Um... So, Tateri Claus wins. Uh, Kurt Angle now shows up to Vince's party and he tells everyone not to worry about Bubba losing because he's going to win the undisputed title. Um, You know, he's going to win the title and he's also going to strip the rock of his pride. You know what that leads to? Mae Young only heard the word strip. So that Mm. happens. She's Mm. up on stage, taking it all off. Everyone's horrified. But uh, who shows up? Stone Cold. He comes party crashing in, beats the crap out of the Stooges, dunks Jerry Briscoe's head into the uh, punch bowl several times, throws him over the table, and he starts to beat on Vince as well. He then slams Pat Patterson's head onto the stage and then sticks his head under May's pantless legs. So he's, of course, scarred for life.
1: That's that's incredible, but when you started, I thought you were going to say he comes storming in and just beats the crap out of May Young. <laughs> that would have been funny, too. Which would have been absolutely iconic if that would have problematic, been but oh my goodness. Okay, but he's still, him crashing the party, also very good.
0: It's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, then it's main event time, triple threat match for the undisputed title. It, it's, it's, good to, it's a good match. Jericho retains kind of in a cheating way, um, of course. Um, and he he continues to be champion, but that that's the end of the show. Dueling Christmas parties, Vince McMahon, Ric Flair, and it's pretty much exactly what you would expect. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll give them credit for making a title match the main event
1: because for me, True. the common thread with most of these Christmas episodes has been it's all just kind of for fun, which is fine. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think if you're going to have a throwaway episode like a Christmas special, wrestling is actually really well suited for that. But I figured it would be kind of like the Cena del Rio match like the holiday theme thing is last and I was expecting Santa versus Santa to be the main event so good for them for trying to have an actual wrestling show I guess I'm kind of glad they don't feel the need to do that all the time but yeah I'm impressed it sounds like a good good couple hours
0: yeah yeah it's uh, it's not bad. The matches are pretty terrible for the most part but uh, that's not <laughs> what this show was about no. definitely. Definitely not. So it was it was fun and it's definitely memorable. And I uh, feel like that was a pretty good way to close out our um, our Christmas episodes of the show. I
1: will say I'm looking forward, and depending on how much they do, we might be able to spend more time next week talking about this. But I'm after a month of these, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of Christmas stuff they do this week
0: because oh, we've yeah. got
1: you know as you're listening to this on Monday it's Christmas, Adam. We've got Raw tonight which was taped last week. We've got NWA tomorrow on Tuesday. Well, we already then, know
0: we already know what that's going to be like.
1: Well, we know what some of it is, but, you know, there could be other pieces to it. We don't know. Sure. And then you've got, you know, Christmas Day itself, AEW no, and NXT. No, there's not.
0: Before. There's no AEW. They're not it's not airing at all? It's no. not even
1: taped or anything? No. Oh, well, good for them. I was yeah. going to say they shouldn't do it live on Christmas. I assumed they had something pre-taped. No, well, that's. they, they didn't
0: record one either. It's just going to – they're uh, coming back on uh, New Year's. Yeah, good for them. But anyway, you know, I'm looking
1: forward to the Christmas shenanigans. Is what I was going to say.
0: Yeah, it'll probably be tonight. I yeah, assume. on Raw,
1: it's most like most to have of them. them for sure.
0: But anyway, so that was fun. Fun getting to do all crazy Christmas stories. Christmas and wrestling has gone hand in hand for years, and uh, it, it has even longer than that. Christmas used to be like one of the biggest wrestling shows of the year. Back in the day, like 70s and 80s, like NWA and stuff like that, like Christmas was like a massive, massive show. Like everyone came on Christmas. I don't know why, but it it was just the thing to do for a while back in like the 80s. So, which is kind of weird to think about now, but yeah, there was a time when this, you know, wrestling was huge on Christmas. So it's always been a That is
1: very interesting. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot this week and just with all the different Santa stories, because like. Of course, whenever you tell somebody you watch wrestling, they always look at you like you've got you know three eyes in your head. And they say, okay, but you know it's fake, right? And just thinking about all the different Santa stories leading into this week, I kind of realized that the Venn diagram of wrestling fans who think wrestling is real and wrestling fans who think Santa is real is pretty much a circle. (laughs) And it's not really about that. It's about having fun and celebrating the spirit of the thing. And that way... I think Christmas and wrestling Santa and wrestling have this really natural marriage to them. I think that's why I enjoy these weird Christmas episodes so much.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I think you're onto something there That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Um, follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla, follow back wrestling fans. Um, you can see all of our thoughts Actually, you really just see my thoughts on AEW and potentially NWA because Harris never uses it anymore, and he's the only one that watches WWE. So,
1: Cards on the table, I, uh, I deleted Twitter off my phone for a minute after the SEC Championship game, so I need <laughs> to log back into the account. That's why I've gone dark for a while. <laughs> I logged back into my own after a day or two, but I always forget the password, so I need to go look that up from the last time we did this and you texted it to me. <laughs> And then
0: I'll be back in, and
1: I'll be you know tweeting stuff about Bailey just to annoy Mark. It'll be good. Ah, it's the worst.
0: Um, so follow us on Twitter there. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Brand,
1: and I'm at Harris Wilson.
0: So you can do that as well. Um, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That always helps. Um, trying to you know trying to grow the show as much as we. Um, and if you have any suggestions for any episodes you want us to talk about, then shoot us shoot us a uh, message or uh, on uh, on Twitter. That always helps as well. It helps us do less work if if, if people do that. So work
1: always. in this sense is being used very loosely,
0: by the way. Work is like spending three hours watching a show and writing notes on it. That that's that's work, for the most part. Very difficult. Very difficult. So go, uh, go ahead and do that, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's all we got for uh, for this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys hopefully hopefully next week. Should be able to do next week. Who knows? I never know, but uh, we're gonna try. We'll try and do an episode next week. I don't see why we wouldn't have one. Just all right. Thanks for listening, Harris. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Merry Christmas,
1: everyone. I'm Harris.
0: And I'm Mark. And Merry Christmas.